All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Screwheads talk horror movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we're here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2014 horror flick Animal, which was on Netflix. Apparently it's not anymore. Nah, unfortunately. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this was a movie that uh, Andrew and I, we met in Korea where we were teaching over there, and uh, this was one of our weekly horror night movies that uh, we kind of went together and uh, talked about. Uh, before we get started, though, Andrew, how are you doing today? And I, I am doing great. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice out. I today I woke up early and I had to go actually run a, help run a career fair. Uh, so I actually worked on a Saturday. So I feel very proud of myself. Oh wow! Uh, Look at you, overachiever. I know. And uh, you know, for the Alien update, it was Alien Day uh, this past twenty uh, sixth of uh, April, as it is every every year. Um, and we got a couple things going on. We got a, a release of um, a new book called Alien Colony War, which is a sequel to a very uh, good book by Alex White called Indicaribdis. Uh So that is uh, pretty exciting. And I think there's a couple other things on the on the rise in the alien world. I think some, you know, some uh, announcements, I think, about other projects coming up. And uh, actually uh, another podcast out there uh, called Perfect Organism Podcast did a review of this, like, theology and alien book. Uh, and it seems like a, like a kind of like a big essay uh, that they turned me on to. And I'm reading it right now. It's pretty great. Uh, so uh, I think it's called Becoming Alien. Uh, so, you know, been living that alien life lately. How about yourself? How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Um, I'm switching positions at my new company. So <laughs> um, on Friday, I'm actually meeting with the director of my company to kind of uh, get an idea of how the new uh, position is going to play out. So I'm excited about that. Ooh, I do say something kind of fun, too. So I am part of the uh, gaming committee with uh, my company. And uh, we basically organize, like, monthly gaming events for everyone. So we did Super Smash Brothers one month. We did Jackbox mm. another month. We did Mario Kart just this last Friday. And we're keeping on going with that. Um, the director of engineering, he basically sent an email out during a company-wide call that said, hey, if you would like to join the gaming committee, that's fine. Um, I want to go ahead and organize it. We have way too many programmers and nerds here not to have a gaming committee. So I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, you know, just because I'm in a client-facing position and I've been in, like, social positions most of my life from my teaching background and everything like that, and I'm lumped together with a bunch of programmers, it's one of those things where, you know, no one wants to take up the reins, no one wants to be the face of this committee, and I'm just like, fine, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> um so I, I've kind of become the de facto leader of this whole thing. But uh, fun thing, one of the directors at my company actually sent me an email the other day saying, hey, Dan, can I have a one-on-one -on -one with you this next week? And I'm like, ooh, what could this be about? So I sent her an email back saying, hey, what's this about? And she said, oh, well, I just heard that your Jack in the Box uh, event was such a hit last time. I'd like to do that during one of the company meetings. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, cool. Damn. Yeah. Fun fact, my high school girlfriend uh, works for Jackbox. Wait, really? Yes. I haven't talked to her in like 15 years, but yes, uh, at some point she did. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. How, how do you know, if you haven't talked to her, how do you know this? You uh, I looked at you? the credits and I was just like, hey, I recognize that person. What? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Otherwise. I, I wish I had people. 
<laughs> I wish you knew people. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I basically just know the other perimeter screw head, and that's about it. Oh, and the people I talked to at the gaming community. And my one uh, friend oh. who's in Canada, and my one friend who's in England, and my two Wait, cats. Speaking of people we know, I heard you're uh, a family member of yours recently released a book. Uh, yes, yes, he did. Uh, my brother Brian, he released a book called It Helps with the Blues. Um, it is about teenage nostalgia and about uh, teenage boys growing up sad in the um, Midwest, which uh, was very, very much his experience. So, yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, actually, Brian was on here um, during the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Revenge uh, episode. So, yes, he did write a book. It's Brian Sapolsky. Um, it helps with the blues. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it anywhere else. Uh, really, really, really good book. I have a physical copy and a digital copy, and it's pretty good. So, Ooh. see, I, I have I pre-ordered the, the digital copy, but actually, I might go and buy the. I might try to take an order of the physical because I, I don't like my Kindle. I, I keep trying to read my Kindle. I thought I'd buy it to make myself read my Kindle, but I just can't. <laughs> like, I, I want I want the book, so I think I'm gonna have to buy the book because I. I just know I'm not going to read it digital as much as I think I might want to. <laughs> I'll send him a message saying where he can buy the physical ones. I know if you go to his town, which he lives off the Pacific Coast Highway in this tiny little town of like 300 people. So you fly into San Francisco and then you drive about four hours north and then you'll find his town. And there's a tiny little bookstore in there that has about seven copies. So that's how okay. you're going to have right. to grab it. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll make a trip. I'll make a trip there. <laughs> Yeah, cool, but definitely check that book out, um, especially if you are a queer teenager growing up in the Midwest. I think that's going to really, really speak to you. Awesome. Has he read anything before? Is this his first book? Uh, This is his first, yeah, officially published book. Um, Before that, it's just been short stories. He does a lot of gaming articles, uh, especially for, like, Hardcore Gaming 101. Um, A lot of just, like, really, really in-depth, obscure games that don't get talked about too often. Like, the most recent one he did was uh, Stella Deus for the PlayStation 2. Have you ever heard of Stella Deus before? Fuck no. No, nobody has. <laughs> but we had it, and he played it. Um, Rhapsody, Wait. a musical adventure that was a musical RPG for the PlayStation 1, and it actually got a port on the DS as well. Uh, but it's literally just like a JRPG, but occasionally they just break into song, and it's hilarious. That sounds amazing. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Wait, how did I not know this about him before? Wait, so, so he writes for like a... There's like a, there's like a website? Is it a... Yeah, Hardcore Gaming 101. Oh, okay, that's the name of it. Uh, All right. Shit. And then I'll, he's got I'll, some I'll, other I'll, stuff he writes for, too, um, including the local newspaper that's uh, of his town. But, uh, yeah, that's the what biggest the one he's for. So Wait, is he just, like, a writer? Is that... Uh, yeah, that's right. what he does on the side. And then, oh, also for his main job, too. But, uh, yes, that's what he does. Holy crap. What? He should have told us that before. Damn. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, right, definitely. Now, we got to get him back on the podcast. We spent the past three minutes talking about him, man. I know. Well, he can come do a plug for his book. He can do a, a dramatic reading. Yeah, definitely. I No, actually, I think that would might be a good for the uh, upcoming episode that we've got, because um, I know he's seen one of the movies we have planned in the pipeline. So Wait, which anyway, one's that? Well, we'll talk about it later when we start talking about our next things, because we got to focus <laughs> on Animal about... today, man. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob Schneider, The Animal, great movie. Classic. Oh, fantastic movie. This was in the era of, like, every single SNL star was having their own movie, like... Uh, you know, Michael Myers did The Love Guru, uh, Molly Shannon did Superstar, Night at the Roxbury movie. Um, fuck, I can't remember. Did Will Ferrell do any SNL movies? I don't think uh, was I mean, it old school? Was that, was that, was that nah, in that era? Nah, yeah, I mean, it was in that era, but that wasn't an SNL comedy movie. Like, I'm talking about movies that started on SNL as skits, 
and then kind oh. of became a movie as its own. Like was Wayne's Taxi World. Driver one? Or not ta- or taxi, taxi, not taxi, driver. taxi, taxi. So <laughs> Beyonce was that was that was, that, was the Queen the Queen Latifah and uh, that, I don't know that, maybe I don't know the Krista only one Tan. of those I actually enjoyed that I can think of is Wayne's World, but uh, yeah, Wayne's World is great. Oh yeah, Wayne's World is fair, fair enough. Yes, Wayne's World is such an amazing movie. Uh, yeah, SNL movies. Let's see what else we got on this program. Coneheads, not the Rexburg. It's Pat. Oh my God, do you remember It's Pat? I. I have like a crint, like a, a knee jerk cringe, so I think I remember it, but yes. I, I don't want to. It was the very, <laughs> it was the character that was just very androgynous and no one could tell what gender they were. Um, oh, did they, they had like a weird bowl cut and like a, a Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Or like a pastel that. shirt, maybe? Yeah. 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 Okay. Is the, like, okay. the Blues Brothers is an SNL thing? I mean, that's just the Google search one. No, oh. I don't think, I don't think it's SNL. Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Blues re- Brothers yeah. is SNL? Yeah, it was a recurring musical sketch, The Blues Brothers, on Saturday Night Live. Holy shit, I did not know that. As, I a, per, am, as a person from Chicago, I've seen that movie about 20 times. So I am very... Do you know that like in Orlando, they have like the Blues Brother, like... Uh, we went to Universal theme parks, and they have like a, a Blues Brother like show they put on like every so like every day, I guess yes, a lot of should. times. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, I walked by, and they just like, started dancing in the street, and you had to like, walk around them. It was weird. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, um, when my uh, partner was deployed to Chicago for work for the very first time, it was her very first visit, and I was just like, all right, before you go, I got to teach you a few things, like never put ketchup on a hot dog. What? Um, and also, too, we got to watch the Blues Brothers so you can kind of get a sense of it, and we did, and it was great. Did you watch Blues Brothers 2000? Uh, no, no, because I want to stay in a relationship with her. <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 it's not putting hot ketchup on a hot dog a chicago thing no it's well to be fair it's not a chicago it's not a hot dog thing it's a chicago dog thing so there's a specific type of hot dog called a chicago dog and it's got a shit ton of ingredients on there except for ketchup ketchup is viewed as as childish if you put it on a chicago hot dog so like so you got onions you got relish you got peppers you got uh-huh. what, what, what 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 makes up a chicago dog oh god it's so much so let me go ahead and pull it up right quick um so we have main ingredients uh poppy seed bun that is critical sausage generally uh yellow mustard white onion green or sweet pickles relish uh peppers mm. tomatoes kosher dill pickle spear and then also celery salt as well and you sprinkle it all on there relish and a spear yeah wow how do you fit that on there uh, you don't. It's it oh. basically very just popped on up. And then there is a place, um, I believe it's in Diversity or Andersonville. I don't remember. It, actually, I think it's on the Gold Coast. Uh, it's called the Wiener Circle. Really, really <laughs> famous hot dog spot there. But they are, it's a place where you go, you are free to insult the workers, and they are free to insult you back. And holy shit, do they insult you back. Conan did an amazing skit where he took... Um, uh shit what's that with the the orderly from 30 rock kenneth something kind of kenneth from 30 rock what's his name jack jack oh. mcbriar i think oh the guy um fix it felix hmm oh uh, yeah fix it felix yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Fix okay, it felix. Right, right. there we go now i'm speaking <laughs> the language yeah no they took him there and then they came back after he got basically laughed out of it and then they came back with triumph the insult dog and it was amazing so that's awesome yes oh god i could talk about uh, chicago forever but anyway we got to get back to animal because we are 11 minutes <laughs> in here and we oh, have really? gone we, we have taken a joke about uh, rob schneider movies and we have completely transitioned on over to something else anyway the real animal uh yeah this is this is your film you picked this yeah. one uh tell us what this movie's about and why you picked it yeah, so I picked it. Uh, I picked it uh, primarily just because uh, I think because we were talking about Leprechaun Origins, and I felt like that was 
basically this movie, but not as good. And like, I, I think they're both 2014, which is interesting because I feel like it's the same plot. A bunch of kids, uh, you know, teenage college, teenager kid kind of age, go to a cabin and get, uh, you know, found by a monster. And at the end, it turns out there's more than one of them. Uh, same like, it seems like the same plot, essentially, um, mm-hmm. except the monster and this is much better. And like, that was my interest in uh, reviewing it again, kind of going back to it, because I think it was actually the first movie me, you, Alex, Sam and Danny all watched together in Korea. And Kyle was there, too. Which I was really Kyle was there? I, Kyle oh, was yeah. there too, yeah. Because he made yeah, that Kyle one comment and... about the pregnancy later on. And that was cool because like, oh, this Kyle seems like such a cool dude and I want to hang out with him more. But I yeah. didn't. And that was that was the opportunity to hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> Lost it. Uh, and actually, that was actually the second time I'd seen it. Because I think I'd actually, I'd watched it prior to that. <laughs> so this is actually my, I, I've now seen this movie three times. Um, Good stuff. And I've. I forgot most of it, uh, so it was actually really pleasant to revisit because I, I knew the basic premise, you know, and I remember it being enjoyable. Uh, so I, you know, I just wanted to, you know, want to throw it on again. Uh, how, how about how about yourself? Uh, what do you like? This, as this being your second viewing, how did you feel about it? Um, so the first time I viewed this movie, I, it definitely was kind of a product of its time in terms of the company I kept, and it, it was fun, kind of like talking around it in the dark room together, you know, watching this movie, making, you know, occasionally Kyle would be like, pause, and then he would give a theory about where he thought the story was going (laughs) back and forth on that front. Uh, So that was fun. I did enjoy that. Um, The second time around, I was just like... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think this might be one of the rare episodes where I actually disagree on something. Huh. I'm not a huge fan of this movie. Like, I don't think it's terrible. No. I just, the entire time I was thinking to myself, what's something I like about this movie that is, like, actually stands out? Like, it's a competent movie. It's a fine movie. But in terms of a, in a sea of all these other monster in the forest movies, what stands out about it? And I'm just like, I really can't think of too much. The entire time, honestly, I was just like, I'd rather just watch The Ritual instead of this one because that did the whole monster in the forest so much better. Oh, well, uh, the, the Ritual is art. This is this is clearly schlock. But... Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and I think for me, like, so this came for me right out of... So I was watching this in that first year in Korea, kind of right out of college. Um, and for me back in college, I was basically watching any horror movie that came out. Like, I just, like, literally anything that, like, anything that bloody disgusting posted on there i would eventually track down and watch um so this for me that this was part of that kind of sea of that so i was watching a lot of these kind of not great movies that were like clearly kind of rushed and popped out there um and but I, I think for me a lot of like i guess when i say i liked it i mean like it's it's a it's it's not that i liked it but i like was okay with it i guess it didn't offend me uh mm-hmm. wow like wow uh i feel like leprechaun was a little bit more of an offensive film in terms yeah. of its terribleness yeah, honestly, I, I would agree with that. Leprechaun Origins, obviously, was just like an offensively bad film the whole way through. Like, I wasn't annoyed at this movie at any point. I was just kind of like a, huh, I guess that's neat. Huh, hmm. that's special effects, all right. Huh, that sort of thing. It, there was really nothing that kind of stood out to me in terms of, oh my god, this is fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's that. And, and I, I do feel like the plots is very bare bones and it takes a very predictable path it doesn't do anything too interesting with the concept besides there's a monster and they need to survive the night so that's mm-hmm. that anyway so, uh so so you you definitely like this movie a lot more than i do what do you like about this movie like let, let, let's try and find some common ground there 
Yeah, no. So, 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 you know, like, like you said, this is a very basic movie, right? The, the movie, the, the plot is literally just a bunch of kids. Like, it's almost too basic like, in the sense that they don't even try to hide while they're there. It's hide like why they're there and make a, a plot around why they're there. It's literally these kids are going hiking in the woods. They ran into a creature. They hide in a cabin they randomly happen to find. And that's that's essentially the story. Mm-hmm. And they try to fight for survival. Yeah, um, they get killed so, off one by one. And it's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. And like, for me, what I did like is I think that there are like the characters... While they weren't uh, super fleshed, I thought they were more fleshed out than these kind of movies typically are. Um, like so, for like so, the characters are—I um, don't even know who our main character is, honestly. It, it, kind of, it really, kind of, really kind of switches around because uh, I thought yeah, the true. girl who I thought was our main character was not. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, you know, so we have uh, two couples. Um, they're they're one of their best friends, uh, and then we also have kind of a a second group of people, adults that they meet uh, in the cabin that they go and seek refuge in, who are kind of introduced in the opening stinger. Um, another pair of couples, one of whom uh, dies very early on in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that they all were kind of interesting and you kind of tell who they were. You know, like, I feel like they were generic, but they also had kind of character to them. And I thought that, like, I was surprised at how long some of them survived. Um, so, like, for example, you know, you have the typical character, you have like, the, the kind of jockish i'd say guy who's not really a jock you kind of learn um and his girlfriend who seems kind of like the hot girl who has like a you know an, an unbuttoned shirt constantly showing her breast the entire movie but she's not quite the character you think her to be she's not just an easy kill off um you have the smart and educated character who you think would be the final girl but isn't uh you have a gay character uh who at this kind of time in film i think uh kind of along with the time of like uh jeepers creepers 2 was kind of played for a stereotype but then at the kind of escapes that stereotype a little bit by actually being a more deep character and actually being one of the smarter characters he he insists on bringing his phone because they're going to the woods he tries to make calls he tries to like he's very willing to help and risk himself which i feel like is a kind of against stereotype for that kind of character back at that time in 2014 mm-hmm. um so i thought that was really interesting um and we have these kind of disposable casts they meet in the cabin who you think would be i don't know almost you know just throw away kills as soon as you meet them but they're not they, they last for a while and they actually you know make a significant impact on the story um, I thought that, like, the, the main love interest of our seemingly main character for the first half of the film uh, dies also kind of unceremoniously, uh, and it's very interesting. I don't know. And it's pretty early on in the movie, too. Well, I'm talking about, sorry, Matt, not not Jeff. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I thought, um, so, you know, we have a bunch of characters, but one, um, one of our main characters is played uh, by Kiki Palmer. Um, she's from that, that movie Aquila and the Bee, and she's also in Hustlers. You ever saw that movie? No, I never saw that one. But... Uh, she uh she's kind of uh, if you remember the the kind of educated college student uh from uh, leprechaun who gets involved in that whole thing like she basically is that role she's smart she's well book read she uh likes to stop and analyze situations like you kind of think she's the main character at first and her boyfriend is just gets whacked off kind of <laughs> like in the dumbest way possible uh like i'm gonna outrun this creature uh but you know to me it, it there was enough of like a, yeah you know they're gonna die but like kind of not the way i expected i guess mm-hmm. like what, what to you stood out as, as not great no, like, like I said before, it, this is going to be a hard movie for me to talk about because it, it doesn't do anything wrong. I can't pinpoint and say, oh, this movie did that wrong or that wrong or that wrong. It just, to me, it feels, if you're asking me, you know, gun to my head in terms of what did this movie do right? And I'm like, well, it, it was competently made. The characters just had enough character to them, but not enough character to them. The monster, you know, the kills, it, it was fine, but it wasn't, you know, too in-depth. The special effects were good, but not that good. Like, it, it, to me, it's an aggressively mediocre Monster in the Woods movie. Um, and I just don't feel it does anything 
that really stands out about it. The the closest it got was um, when uh, the uh, gosh, what's his name? Jeff, Matt, uh, Jeff, Sean, the, the, the first, the, the, the shirtless character. boyfriend. Oh, um, Sean, I think uh, it was. I think no. it's Sean. I think you're right. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Sean confesses that uh, he's been having an affair with um, main character's uh, boyfriends and it was mutual. Like, that was a little bit interesting on that front. But again, you know, this is 2014. I think gay marriage was legalized in that year or the year before or something like that. So it was definitely a different time in terms of uh, queer rights and everything like that. But at the same time, too, that was really the only part that kind of stood out to me on that front. I remember at one point during when we watched it together, Kyle said, okay, pause the movie. And they made a big deal about Mandy being pregnant um, and <laughs> going on about that. And like, okay, yes, now she's pregnant and that sort of thing. And it really doesn't pay off in any way. And then Kyle did put a suggestion in there that was just like, okay, the reason why she's surviving so long is because, you know, she's pregnant and the animal senses that she has a young or maybe the animal's going after her in particular because they can sense that there's a young or something like that. Like that was going to come into play in the plot somehow later on. And it never really did. And, and oh, I, I feel that's kind of, yeah, how it goes. What do you think? I honestly utterly forgot. Like, see, I forgot so much <laughs> of this movie. See, I, I, I forgot I forgot the whole thing with Kyle and Jeff. I forgot, every, like, so and the, and actually the funny thing is I forgot about the whole subplot of Kyle and Jeff and, and their relationship. But I remember in the opening seeing there's an interaction between Kyle and Jeff when they first get out of the car and, like, uh, Jeff and his girlfriend, Mandy, start kind of making out. And, and uh, sorry, Sean and Jeff. Uh, and Sean's kind of like, yeah, this is kind of awkward. And, like, I almost got the film like, oh, is there a thing going on between them? <laughs> and, like... So I, I don't know if that was just some, like, weird in the back of my head remembering that that was actually a plot point or not. Um, but I, I, I don't know how, but I feel like they did a good job foreshadowing it. Um, if nothing else, just some weird inkling in the back of my head. Um, I don't know. I thought, I thought that part was actually oddly well done, if, if that is the case. Or, again, or just remember it and don't remember remembering it. <laughs> um, but I, I see that. I, I agree. I think it is aggressively mediocre, but, like, I feel like it's aggressively mediocre in a – but, like – in a landscape of movies that I feel like for its type are more aggressively bad or aggressively like, I don't know, not great. I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it's, it's such a, it's such a bland concept, but I think that it does that bland. Co- like it, to oh, me, yeah. it's the, it's the baseline of this concept, I suppose, where like the absolute minimum any, any movie should do is this movie. Mm-hmm. And then like, and that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's an okay watch. It's a horror movie. You can watch with your friends, watch the slasher kind of go down. Uh, but nothing's terrible. It's not insulting. It's not like none of the characters to me felt really dumb other than Matt. Uh, but like, again, he wasn't really dumb. They had a plan. It just didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that's a big difference between you and me in terms of I, I, I'm kind of on either side of the spectrum. I love movies that are aggressively bad and they're fun to watch, like a Neil Breen movie or Tommy Wiseau or something like that. Uh, but at the same time, too, if it's mediocre, I, I would rather have a movie try something new and different that surprises me uh, than have one that just sticks and plays by its number. And, like, it does things okay, but it doesn't do anything new. Um, And I'm the same way with video games, too. I would rather, you know, have a high-concept indie game that absolutely misses the landing than another AAA Call of Duty game uh, that you know what you're getting into every single time. Um, So, yeah. I see that. I see that. So... Like, to me, this is, like, a Resident Evil 5, and, like, Re- Leprechaun Origins is, like, a Resident Evil 6. <laughs> and, like, uh, you know, Ritual is, like, Resident Evil 4, or, or Resident Evil 1. 
That's, that's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to talk yeah, to a... someone today who was just like, because uh, they're having a Resident Evil sale on Steam right now, and he was just like, I've never gotten to the Resident Evil series before. Where should I start? And I'm just like, oh, man. Okay, here we go. I'm going to spend the next half hour talking about this. <laughs> but, uh, explaining, explaining the plot, everything uh, that's going on. Yeah, so well, first off, here's Chris Redfield. He punches a boulder later on. And it's the absolute height of the series. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know. Let's see. What else can we talk about? Well, like, what are some scenes in this movie that really stood out to you? You talked about um, the one scene that I already well, forgot well, you talked about. Well, let's rewind <laughs> back, back to the beginning. I think the opening of this movie is interesting. Uh, so, like, to, to me, like, so, again, characterization is interesting in this movie. Um, what did you think about Jeff, Jeff's character? So I, this is kind of a question I have for you. So Jeff's the first guy to die in this movie. He yeah. is the uh, boyfriend of Mandy. He is the uh, what, what's what's the word? What's a, what's, what's an affair uh, when you what's the person name in, in an affair? Uh, affair e. Yeah, you know he's affair er. He's, <laughs> he's he you know he he has a relationship with Sean that we learn about later. Um, and this movie basically starts with. Um, this movie's interesting because it started off with me really kind of not knowing how to feel about these characters, which is why, again, why I like it. Because, uh, like, Jeff, to me, kind of starts off as that typical, I don't know, muscle-bound dude who insisted mm-hmm. on them going hiking. Hero protagonist, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like within that character, they also have a lot of interesting elements. Like, he, you know, he wants them to, he, he you know, he's worried about, he talks about, like, the conservation of the forest. He talks about, uh, he's taking on this hike that them and their father used to go on, and everyone's kind of hating him because he's pushing them to go, but, like, mm-hmm. he wants he wants to go there because it's where him and um And did we Kiki mention that uh, Alyssa's uh, his half-sister? Wait, I, I, thought, I thought Alyssa was his full sister. No, half-sister. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. But yeah, yeah. But, but like so, like, so they're all going on this hike because Jeff and Alyssa used to go on this hike as kids with their with their parents. So I'm assuming it means that their dad's dead because they talk about how he used to go there with their dad all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to go there before this place gets deforested, um, which I thought would play more into the movie about this idea of deforestation uh, causing these creatures, these animals. You know, the the idea that like COVID and these kind of other diseases are coming out as a result of deforestation and pushing these uh, extremophile bacteria and animals closer to human civilization yeah and they, they kind of did they touch, really on, touch that on that at the beginning because they did say something like oh you know because of the deforestation a lot of animals migrating paths are being affected and i assume that's where they're trying to get at in terms of why these animals are attacking now because their homes are being disrupted um yeah that's kind of the impression i got of it so i i, I guess i can give them a pass on that one but yeah, like, but they, I guess they could play a bigger role. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that, you know, like in Reddit, there's the am I the asshole? I guess my question for you is, is Jeff the asshole in this where he insists on them walking at night and stuff? Because uh, at one point, uh, Mandy goes off at him and like there's a part, part where Mandy keeps yelling at him and getting angry at him for making them walk in the night and everyone gets mad at him and then he dies. Uh, do, what do you think about Jeff as a character? I guess that's, that's my question. Is it the asshole? Did you think, did you like Jeff as a character? Yeah, I don't get why he was so in depth really 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 wanting to go out and hike because they were planning on staying the night right or was it just a day hike it was supposed to be a day hike because oh, they're supposed okay, to go gotcha. to a waterfall and a cave i think like a waterfall that their dad used to take them to was, was the goal mm-hmm. um and so they brought their girlfriend their best friend and their and uh Alyssa's boyfriend um but like to me like i don't know i feel like it makes it seem like he's an asshole and then he deserves to die but i felt like his character was trying to take them somewhere special that their parents took them when they were younger and mm-hmm. it was like he wanted to make it there before it got deforested and ruined oh yeah no and, it, but then like it's good and, intentions but terrible execution well you know they're gonna cross a killer, a killer <laughs> monster but otherwise you know <laughs> like 
I don't know. I I, I liked I liked his character uh, for that part. And again, like I, I thought that's kind of why this I thought the characters in, in this show in this movie were a little bit more interesting than you would have thought them to be because he kind of is played off as the jerk and everyone's mad at him. But he's still like when the creature comes after them, he stops to help uh, Sean up when they're running away. He tries to be the distraction so they can all run to the cabin they find. Like I don't know. I I thought he was a good character. Um, and again, that's that, that, that's kind of to me why I think this movie might stand out a little bit a little bit beyond some of the regular stuff going on um so no, that's thing i want to talk about because i know I, I thought it was like as i was watching it i was like everyone's so mad at this guy but i feel like he's not that bad <laughs> um but uh so okay, back back to you know more important parts um so when they get into the cabin they meet this these, that other group right they run away from this guy they, meet, they go into the group um and they make this plan basically the plan is that matt is going to uh, Matt, who is uh, Alyssa's boyfriend, who I thought was the main character up until this point, she's the smart one. Uh, he's going to try to outrun this creature because in their mind they have this one creature there, so they make this plan. Uh, Sean and uh, one of the gentlemen who uh, they, they meet inside are going to distract this creature, have it come out to them, and then Matt's going to run out the the back and escape and uh, gets mauled. <laughs> Essentially, just gets got immediately. Mm-hmm. Runs for two seconds. He takes a radio with him. He's like in the abyss. Tell them he's, I'm coming back. And he just, you just hear him screaming and dying over the intercom. Uh, what do you think about that scene? Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, it was just, I, it, it kind of set up, I mean, it did shock me that it came, he came, comes back later on and he's just, you know, brutally, just absolutely brutalized. And, you know, of course, there's going to be the one evil character who's coming around is just like, ah, oh, we should, you know, fuck him over or we should, you know, use him as bait so the rest of us get a chance. And I thought that was kind of an interesting moral dilemma, but at the same time, too, then they kind of immediately follow it up with, uh, no, he's going to die anyway. I'm going to kill him anyway because I'm a bad guy. Like, that was a little bit much. Again, I feel like this movie kind of touched on some interesting concepts or ways to kind of move through it but didn't really follow through yeah what do you think of that one particular scene i like i know again i, I knew it was gonna happen because I'd, I'd seen it you know we'd seen it before and i, I slightly remembered how that went i i liked the concept of it again because i think i thought these characters were smart and what they were trying to do um i didn't entirely remember that there was more than one of them but i kind of figured that out pretty quickly once you kind of get the idea there you know mm-hmm. that there's two of them uh, and that like you know they're distracting one and there's and the other guy gets mauled so you assume that there might be two mm-hmm. um like, I guess for me, the reason I think that my appreciation of it, again, comes from watching Leprechaun, <laughs> because, like, <laughs> just the fact that these characters are so much smarter, and it's basically the same situation, right? They're locked in an area where it's... better than Leprechaun, is what we're saying. Uh, yeah, that, I, think, I think that's honestly where my love of this comes from, and my, my okay of this. <laughs> but this is not the first time you've seen this movie, though. Like, this is, it is the third the, time you've seen this movie. It's the third time I've seen it, but clearly I didn't remember it <laughs> the other two times. <laughs> maybe that's what it is maybe my it's it's an inoffensive movie because i immediately forget it afterwards um but like i don't know it it, like that that scene to me i I liked it because it was a smart scene and then things still get fucked up and you obviously knew matt was going to die but you thought it was going to be a little bit maybe uh i don't know you thought like when the guys outside were going to get mauled and then this shit was going to go to hell but their plan basically worked and then the guy just gets immediately destroyed um and you know that immediate kind of hopelessness like i feel like this isn't one of those movies where there's a lot of downtime um, which I guess I appreciate. Um, I think it's, you know, it's part of these, like, I think this is part of that chiller film series set that came out, um, kind of the After Dark specials that came out, where it's just, you know, these these low-budget produced films that, uh, you know, for, for all their usual terrible writing and not great effects, they tend to just be a constant, you know, pressure on the audience. Like, how much time do we have before a first attack in this movie, really? I mean, if you don't count the opening scene, yeah, it's uh, some time. 
like five minutes maybe like yeah. before like they can walk into the woods and immediately find the thing like i don't know i guess i just appreciate that about it um but i don't know i i, I think that's that's why it stands out to me i guess what, what other scenes stand out to you um like i said the confession scene in terms of when he confesses that uh, he's been sleeping with the boyfriends that was like oh okay that's different um Honestly, when Joey, Joey, Lauren Adams came on in, I was just like, oh, cool. Are we going to have a Jay and Silent Bob cameo now at this point? Like, that was, she was the only actress I recognized um, in this movie. Um, I was surprised that, that that she was in this movie and she, like, just hangs out there. Yeah. Like, she, because she's in Big Daddy, she's in Chasing Amy, uh, yeah, Jane and John Bob, she's in Clerks, she's, you know, she's, she is like a, it's, she's like a kind of big name actress to a degree, right? Mm hmm. I mean, I wouldn't call her A-list, but definitely B or C-list at the very least. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mostly focused on the Kevin Smith stuff and the View Askewverse. Uh, yeah, honestly, I can't really think of any scenes. I, I, I do remember Alyssa's death scene just because they focused on her for so long as the animal was tearing her apart. I was just like, okay. Oh, yeah, that, that, All right, that's happening a lot. It, it was almost, like, voyeuristic. Like, it was someone's fetish at that point because they just lingered on it for so long. And I'm like, well, all right, I'm growing a little bit uncomfortable here, but well, let's move on the movie. Well, do you think that was, like, a nihilistic take? Because, like, it, it, I almost feel like... I, I feel like that was almost, like, an, like, almost like a director or screenwriter kind of laughing in your face of, like, look at this smart character who always... Like, you know, who survives the Leprechaun movie. He survives all these movies. The character who's smart who has, like, a science background, who can explain these things, who, like, calls out people's shit when they try to do something. Like, no, it's dumb. You're fucking... Like, when Matt tries to route run the creature, she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, she... You know, she was the final girl. And more or less at the end, Mandy gets out, who doesn't really do anything throughout most of this movie other than, like, you know, like Mandy is not... She, she's not necessarily a bystander, but she doesn't really do much. Um, she screams a lot. Like, basically, it's the same thing when Jeff gets killed. Mandy just sits, stands there screaming while the others try to get her to move and, like, literally almost ruins the sacrifice. Um, and I almost feel like that would... It felt almost like an intentional kind of nihilism of, like... You know, the the if the final girl is the character who, you know, in the original sense, kind of takes over the, man, the masculine role and steps into the, the role of male to you know defeat the villain and come back out she isn't that character she just kind of happens to survive um mm -hmm. you know she gets that moment where she kills the creature at the end with the truck but like otherwise she is not a very active player in the story um no definitely not and i think you know Alyssa's death of the fact that they zoomed in so much on it is it was definitely kind of an impact on terms of mandy um and her psyche and you know how it um because i get more right now it they, they, they just really wanted to drive in the book because that was the final kill of the movie. And at that point, you know, Mandy was the last girl standing. Everyone else was dead by that point. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I feel it was just one of those, hey, take a look at the special effects. So, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. so. And, and to that point, everybody's pushing um, Mandy along. Like if you remember like that last scene, it's like they all go to leave and Sean gets mauled off kind of off screen essentially, which is unfortunate. He just gets killed off screen. Uh, which, you know, and again, if, if you want to talk about kind of the the, the treatment of uh, queer characters in film, the fact that he just gets unceremoniously killed, we don't get to see him die. Like, we get to see everybody else die. He just gets pfft, splattered off to the side. Uh, and then he runs out, and then Veronica gets got right in front of her, and she's just standing there screaming. And then Alyssa has to basically drag her out to save her. Um, which I, you know, again, that, that idea of, uh, in a lot of films, if you think of, you know, talking about um, uh, how a lot of, films talking about like you know the the reproductive 
the save the you know the saving of the uh how to say this the the fertile female character like you know the, the the continuation of society is considered like the holy thing in the stories which is you know why they say a lot of uh slasher killers are non-reproductive um so her being a pregnant person and everybody basically shuffling her along and pushing her along to survive i think it's a really interesting kind of statement um meanwhile the characters uh who are uh said to uh you know the, the two queer characters are kind of murdered <laughs> off screen essentially uh is very interesting actually uh in thinking about that barrier games um, that's the trope mm-hmm. yeah exactly but I, I i will say the one thing that i do like about that um that confession scene because it's a, it's kind of it's a double confession right she confesses to uh mandy confesses to Alyssa immediately like hey uh i'm pregnant sucks you know this is awkward um and then they walk outside and immediately sean's like by the way you know, I'm me and Jeff have a relationship. Your, your dead boyfriend. So. <laughs> um, your your dead baby daddy boyfriend is <laughs> I was having an affair with, um, which admittedly seems like a, a bunch of gut punches to uh, her. I guess at once. Um, yeah, and I get he's in a high stress situation, and everything like that. But it's just like, dude, why why are you bringing this up? Like and seriously. Oh, and that's what I do kind of like actually. Uh, and again, it, it, it's unfortunate that like this is how they address this because. I feel like this is a trope in a lot of movies where these character, where there are characters who like, you know, in like in the descent and stuff, the characters like cheat on, uh, you know, on, on their respective partners and whatnot. And it's always kind of plot element of, oh no, this person's going to reveal it. they cheated on somebody and they're doing, they're going to have that heart to heart moment and that person dies because, you know, it's a heart to heart. And then that's like the sad kind of, it's okay. Or, you know, we still love each other. Or, you know, we're still best friends and they die. And it's that kind of characters like, you know, admitting the sin before they die and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens in a lot of these movies. But I do like that Manny's like, great but why the fuck are you telling me this yeah <laughs> because like like and i, I like that because it's, it's kind of it's 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 like his he's saying i have to do this i have to let you know before i die because he's dead and, blah, blah, blah. and it's it's this kind of selfless moment but it's also a selfish moment for him of like release to a degree where she's like we're in the middle of the situation i, I get that this is something that's you know on you right now but you have to understand like you know, this isn't the moment for this, and this is a really awkward time to say this, and all these things where this, all this times it's happened in movies and stuff, like, it's, like, a really weird moment, and I love that she just kind of calls him out for it. Again, yeah, it's unfortunate and, and, and that it's, like... Personally, to me, like, honestly, it's just, like, if if I was in that situation and I was... had that happen to me, I would have been, like, I, I would rather not know. Like, at that point, I feel it's more to appease his guilt. Like, obviously, he's been holding that in, and he wants to be honest with it because he just wants that guilt to be freed in some way. Um, so I kind of view that as a selfish act, especially in that high star situation right there. Exactly. Well, I feel like, too, it kind of, to me, it kind of made his character a little bit weaker in the sense that I think they could have done that in a better way. I think they could, like, because basically that was, that was, that was revealing his sin so he could die, essentially, right? That was revealing, because it's right before the end of the movie. It's, he says that, and then he goes off and dies. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't like that. I, like, I don't, I don't like that theme of that in this movie where, uh, you know, we, we reveal that about, like, you know, Jeff's kind of an awkward guy. Things seem kind of, like, you know, you can tell there's something going on with, with Jeff before he dies. Like, there's kind of awkwardness of how he's holding Mandy, what's kind of going on between him and Sean. And then Sean reveals that, and he, he goes off and dies. And it's just kind of a... I don't know how to say it. It's a very, like... Again, it's the it, barrier gaze trope. It's just like, oh, this character's gay? Well, immediately gonna die, so... Yeah, and, and I feel like up until that point, again, I thought he, I thought Sean was a pretty smart character. I thought they played him okay. They did kind of just play him as, like, a, a side character. Kind of, he actually basically occupied the same role as Mandy up until that point, I really feel like, um, where he'd, he'd go in on things, but he wasn't really there. He did bear mace the... Uh, uh, the alien or the uh, animal which i liked a lot i like that the bear mace came back and he went and bear mace <laughs> in the face um that was great i think that was a good moment for his character um 
but yeah, I think, I think that could have been handled better. And I think, and I almost like Mandy's reaction as a audience reaction of like, what the fuck, like writers, why are you yeah. doing this? Why are you just shoving this in here as a moment of drama and a moment of character elaboration where they could have, you know, you could have had it be a reveal or something like that or have it be something else or like, you know, have Jeff earlier in this thing say, I want something I want to talk to you about or something like that. And, you know, have that be brought up in a, in a more natural way um, or a more, a way other than maybe, you know, like, something that has more to do with the plot it just felt like a, a character dump to say look at our character we have here and then throw them away um yeah not you know not not great <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah so what so you know I, I think you know i think that was the weak part of the movie i think it was also like you like you said it was one of the moments that kind of stuck with you in terms of like an interesting moment but you know a lost opportunity at the same time um but what you talked about the ending a little bit what did you think of the ending of the film it was fine. Like, again, I really don't think of anything. I mean, she, you know, escaped. She has her moment of badass ready where she runs over the animal. Special effects where the head kind of got pushed out like a balloon. That, that was good. I did like the special effects there. Like, the special effects in this movie aren't bad. That's the thing. They're, they're, some of them are actually pretty pleasant to look at. It's not like Leprechaun where they cut away for every <laughs> single thing. Um, God, we're talking about a Leprechaun a lot in this one. <laughs> well, I think we have to. That, that's what inspired this movie, yeah. I think. But, I mean, the ending of just, like, okay, yes, there's multiple animals. We knew that already. But it, it kind of hollers out at the very bottom. I kind of took that as an interpretation that there's even more animals out there and they're kind of calling the pack to come mm-hmm. on over and attack or or that sort of thing, too, as, like, a last-minute sinner. Uh, how about you? What you interpret that as? Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I thought, so, like, yeah, man, he kills up that last one and then we see another one come up and start going, like, chuffing, I'd almost want to say. It starts, like, you know huffing and yeah i i agree i think it was uh you know i think it was calling more and i think it was you know implying that there's like a herd which you know again makes matt's death make a lot more sense the fact that he called more than one um and i guess did, did they they killed one or, yeah they killed that one when they burned the place down after it killed uh whatever yeah. the asshole's name was um douglas i think his name was or doug uh yeah after the kill after the kill after it kills him so yeah okay so we already kind of knew there was more than one at that point um yeah, you know, again, I think and that I think that was a very, I think that is and was a very kind of common way to end these kind of movies because you know no, there's not going to be a sequel. Fuck now, but you know there, it, it was a, <laughs> you know, it was a, uh, a fake out. I don't know what you call it. Like you know, very very basic. I wouldn't ending. even say it's a fake out. I think it's just you know a very typical way to end this movie. I would have loved it, and like after it roared then you would have hear, heard more roars from the other animals come on in. And then you like, there's a shot of her driving away and they don't even need to like purchase additional costumes or make it like that. They could just go ahead and do like a big wide panning shot of the one animal. And then maybe more animals emerging from the woods behind the car as she's driving away, something like that, something to kind of insinuate that there's more animals out there. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's what they were going for, but I think they could have done a little bit more to drive that point home. Yeah. And so what do you think about the origin of the animal in this movie, or the lack thereof? Did that work for you? Would you have preferred more elaboration? <laughs> I was about to say, what origin? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess that was fine. Again, it's... To me, explaining these animals it can either be really good or really bad. Sometimes it's better. The mind always thinks of the scariest stuff. Of the the unknown is always the scariest, um, and whatever your mind can come up with is generally going to be scarier with whatever the director or writer um, puts in the movie. 
So I was okay with them not really explaining anything. It's just like, oh, it's just this monster that, you know, is there. They're being displaced by deforestation and they're running into humans and they just want to defend their homes. Like, okay, yeah, I could buy that. That's that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same boat. Like, I feel like, yeah, the, the, the assumption is just that they're deforesting and scaring these things out. I would have liked maybe something more as to like, where they came from. Like, even if it's just like a, like, I guess not, not where they came from, but just like, have they been there for a long time? Were they disturbed and woken up? Like... So you're saying you want a scene where, like, the characters find a book in the cabin or, like, an ancient tablet or something like that that depicts, like, cave paintings of this animal? Or, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, just something, because, like, now my mind is just wondering, like, are, like, for, uh, first of all, where are they? What, are they, like, in, like, Colorado? <laughs> like, where the fuck are they that these things are? And uh, then, like, like, I, I just feel say. like, cause <laughs> they, they, they look so, like, you know, they're these, they have slight tufts of hair on their back. They're mostly, otherwise, they're mostly, like, kind of skin. They have these big, black, wide eyes, which makes me think that they might live in dark areas. Like, you know, like, I, I want to think about the biology of them and stuff. I want to be like, where did they come? Like, to me, I'm thinking they're, like, some, like, ground-dwelling species that, like, came out, you know? Uh, or something like that, you know? Or, like, maybe, you know, maybe something. Like, I just want to know, like, where they are and, like, what, you know, what their habitat was. What, you know, obviously, if apparently it was forest, they got deforested. But are they, like, these, like, tree dwellers that are, you know, coming out? Like, I guess, to me, that's just a little interesting because, like, it, to me, it would just elevate it a little bit above the typical. Because it's literally just random random monsters they find in the street. Um, which I think reminds me of another movie. There's, I think there's a movie called Monsters or Monster, which is about, like, a woman and her daughter who run across a very similar animal. They, like, hit it, I think, driving or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, stuck in the car. And it's, like, a horror movie about them being stuck in a car while this monster's trying to kill them. Um, and it's a very kind of, I believe it's a very similar thing where you don't quite know what's going on or where it came from. Um, and I guess I would just like to see, like, for something like this where the, where the idea is clearly that these things are just kind of existing, I would just like to know what caused them to awaken or, you know exist i guess um i don't know to me that, that would have added like bumped it up just a little bit more on my list of uh things but you know we got leprechaun and that origin story sucked ass so like i'm okay without you know without mm -hmm. exploring it too much um yeah I, I i just i don't have the confidence that whoever the writer of this movie would pull that off um yeah well, and, it, and it does take a lot to pull that off and to a degree i admire that like you know, it's like it, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of just like fuck it. There's an animal. Where to come from? Who the fuck cares? There's an animal. <laughs> like, um, but you know, speaking of the animal, what did you think of the creature itself? The the look, how it acted, like you know, um, it was fine. Like I, I had no issue with the creature itself. I thought some of the special effects looked really good. Honestly, um, I just nothing about it stood out to me. Honestly, mm. yeah, I did yeah. like the teeth. The really long teeth. That was that was a good touch. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie Feast? No. It, it looks a lot like the Feast monster to me. I think the Feast monster looks a little more like boogery and gross and like slimy. But every time I see that, I was kind of... Because the Feast monster has the same kind of like teeth thing going on. But I think a lot of this thing was fucking things. It had like a lot of... You know, it was, it was like a... Basically, this monster with the over sex drive and really slimy <laughs> was the Feast <laughs> monster, uh, in my opinion. opinion. But um, I don't know. I, I think that part of what this movie did well, too, is it was clearly a suit. Uh, which, you know, first off, great. Good job being a suit and not over CG. Like, mm -hmm. great physical, practical effects. Um, but we never... So there, there's only one scene I remember seeing it kind of move. And it was, I think it was when it was upstairs in the room. Uh, I think it, maybe after it killed uh, Douglas, you kind of see a full body movement. Because a lot of the film, they kind of have it hunting forward. So you just kind of see its arms and its head and its like kind of shoulders, maybe upper torso. But there's one scene where you can clearly kind of see the person... You can see the person's body within the suit to a degree. You can see, like, kind of, because I think it shows the lower legs. But other than that one scene, like, they really show a lot of restraint how they frame the creature. I think it's really smart. 
um, because you know part of Leprechaun. Anytime you see Leprechaun's full body, it looks like a fucking ass uh, because it's clearly a guy in a terrible suit. And I and I think the suit wasn't much better, but they just filmed it better. Um, like obviously the creature design's better, but I think they just they just filmed it in a smarter way so it didn't look entirely human. You kind of get that like alienesque kind of view of it. Um, but I also liked it. I also liked the animal as a character because we get a lot of POVs of it, not actually POVs, but shots of it like looking through things and stuff and kind of tracking how it's observing. And it's not like the you know the cop out that uh, Leprechaun did, where it's just kind of like a here's Leprechaun view, but like you kind of see it looking over the edge, like watching them like next to the deck and kind of seeing what they're doing and like listening for what they're trying to perform. Like they make they make a point of saying that this creature is smart and it's like testing boundaries, um, which I really like. Um, though it, the fact that this creature is you know a super strong animal but could not push a clearly very light washing machine out of the way that one guy later picks up with his bare hand, like with his hands and just moves, picks up and lifts and moves. Interests me. Um, and they, they, at one point they go into the kitchen and there's just like, a, they're like, oh, board up all the windows. And there's a window where there's literally just one plank across it diagonally. And he's like, oh, pretty sure it could push that out of the way and also just kind of like reach his hand there and grab you. Uh, you know, so yeah. it, it, it was smart, but they definitely didn't, you know, there, there are definitely moments where like, I don't think you can take them right now if I wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. I think, I, I think it's serviceable, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me personally, I just think my style for tolerance for serviceable is just like, yeah, this is fine. I It's definitely a movie I'm not going to remember. Well, again, the experience I had, because that was, that was a fun night, you know, watching that with you and everyone else in there. I think we did Animal, and at one point we did the Evil Dead remake. And yeah. A couple other movies as well. The Evil Dead remake. We did the Thane at one point, too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun stuff like that. That's what I'm going to remember of this movie. The movie itself, honestly, is very forgettable. I think you could do better monster movies. The Ritual is better. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of that, The Witch is better. That's another good one, too. Um, just all of this monster in the woods sort of things. Mm-hmm. I would recommend those. And then even if you want to kind of like enjoy this in terms of a... <sighs> Uh, just a movie to make fun of or just like a movie to have in there that there's worse movies out there that are more entertaining and there are better movies out there that are more entertaining but this one is just kind of like middle of the road in my right. opinion at least so I, I, want, I want you to gambit this with me all right okay. so so we i think we both agree this is better than leprechaun origins oh my god fuck yes all right <laughs> vhs 84 or this Ooh, ooh or 84 ooh. is that it 84, yeah. Okay. Or 94, 94. Okay. I would say VHS 94 is oh. probably... Well, I, I enjoyed I, my time with VHS 94 purely because I did like that third skit, the body horror one. Mm. Um, I, I would say that one is more entertaining than Animal. The rest of the uh, VHS 94 is worse than Animal. But is is it worth watching Ratatat and <laughs> and like, I don't know, Storm at the... Storm zombie. <laughs> and uh, whatever the fucking end scene was in Exploding Vampires in the Sun, are, are those worth <laughs> sitting through? Or is it animal... Like, I think that for me, like I, I would agree with you on that one thing. I think that the, the body horror one is great, but I think the animal outshines it in terms of like a being a cohesive film. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, 100%. Ooh. Yeah. What about, what, about, um, what about Rotten Tail? Rotten Tail, I would say, is more entertaining. Like, Rotten Tail's a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. But it was... At least pretty fun to watch for most of it. Um, yeah. what, what, what are the bad ones? Uh, what about 
Purge. Oh, the Forever Purge. No, this is definitely better than the Forever Purge. <laughs> I think Forever Purge I, is I, definitely the worst one we watched. I saw an advertisement for the Forever Purge recently, and I was like, why the fuck are they still advertising the shitty movie? <laughs> um, I but yeah, I think, I think those are the bad ones we've done. I don't think we've done one that's Halloween worse. Kills. How is this better than Halloween Kills? Evil oh my god, I actually don't know. I think I'd rather watch this. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that is just made me angry. Just it made me so angry, and it dragged. Yes, like if nothing else, what I'll say about the animal is it ends. It like Uh boom. It you you start the kills start and it ends. Yeah, I never I never fucking need to fast forward through this Uh movie at all. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, Halloween Kills. um, No, any any other ones we watched bad? I'm just. I'm trying to place this in our in our in our grand scheme. <laughs> the boy, uh, she met online. That was a good one. I might watch the boy she <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I, I know that that is objectively a worse movie than this. But you know, I don't know. I I, I have a you know a slight. You know, it's 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 the it's those Hallmark movies that just get me, or is that not Hallmark on Lifetime movies? That Lifetime just, movies, know, yes. Stick with me a little bit more, but yeah, this is probably a better movie. Than that. You are a man uh, who has a subscription to Lifetime. I know I canceled it. Lindsay, Lindsay's not happy. Oh, you canceled it? Oh, wow. I know. I I we watched all movies we felt like watching for. Like, I think I think Lifetime Channel subscription is something you do like once every few months, maybe every year, just to catch up on the ones you missed that weren't great, and then you know you kind of go back to it later. You know, it, it, it's like it's like when you're a kid and you get like a hundred dollars from grandma for your birthday or something like that, and so you're just like, I'm gonna go down to the candy shop and I'm gonna spend it all on candy, and then two hours later, oh god, why did I spend it all on candy? That's what the Lifetime movies kind of seem like. Exactly, but it's it's four ninety nine, and you still are like, <laughs> oh, why did I spend it all on Lifetime? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. So so all right. So so final verdict. Final verdict. Animal. Go. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's a very forgettable movie. I will probably forget most of it in a year. You could do better. That's that's my summary of Animal. I like it. I like it. I, and yeah. I, I would say, I would, I would, I, as for all the positiveness I, I give it, I've clearly seen it twice before this and forgotten almost every plot element of it. So to attest to the forgettability of it, um, I forgot key plot elements of it after having already watched it twice. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's very forgettable, but like, to me, it's serviceable. Like, as somebody who owned, like, I used to buy those, like, 50 horror movie collections of, like, you know, the shittiest fucking movies ever made, like, on, like, a $10 budget. And they're like, oh, 10 movies at once. Hell yeah. And I would watch them. So, like, to me, after, after seeing a bunch of those, like, this is, you know, competent. <laughs> um, and and for that, that for, for that, it gets more of a pass for me um, than, than some other films. Uh, but, you know, it's it's definitely, like, it, I think I think you know if you want to have a movie that you can kind of laugh at and like call out like I think like you know like I think the way we watched it was a great way to watch it. Um, yeah. Like watch it with some friends with some drinks or some other form of inebriation, and you know yell at stupid shit, make fun of shit, call shit out, and I think you'll have a great time. Um, that's that, that it's an audience partic- it's like an audience participation movie to me. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're looking for a competent horror movie, like I, I guess not competent, but a good horror movie, this probably isn't it. I would say it's a competent movie. Like, yeah, comp- it's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's competent. It's well shot. It's it's fine. Uh, it's just, it doesn't do anything interesting, in my opinion. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, All so, right. Like, so, I, I did want to, actually, uh, before before we end the episode, I want to say, Dan, have you, so I know we talked about Evil Dead, and our name is Prune of Screwheads Dog Horror Movies, um, and there is a new Evil Dead movie in the works. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I was kind of, you know, kind of getting ready for that. I know it's probably, like, a year away, but getting ready for that in <laughs> the idea <laughs> Dan, have you ever watched the um, Ash vs. Evil Dead? Yes. You have. have. Did you watch all of it? Yes. 
Oh, fuck I'm you. still pissed that it was canceled, but yes, it's a great show. I'm, I'm on I'm on season two right now, and I'm fucking loving it. It is such <laughs> oh, a good time. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it, it uh, yeah, yeah. It, it does end with a cliffhanger, unfortunately. But does it? It's still, oh, no. Yeah, it's still good all the way through, so. Damn. Damn. Yeah. But I was thinking, we I know we have we have some movies in the pipeline, but I think at some point we probably should do an Evil Dead movie. Just uh, absolutely. I just feel like you know we have. <laughs> I think you know it's, it's we've been doing this for three years now. Um, I think instead we, of an Evil Dead movie, because like I've seen all the Evil Dead movies multiple times over, instead of doing an individual one, I think we should just do like an extra long episode where we do a retrospective on the entire franchise as a whole. I think yeah, I was thinking of that or just do the just do the remake. That too, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm game for that because, yeah, I, I feel like I, I mean I don't think we'll have, I think it'll probably just be more of like a gushing over how much we like them. I, I imagine uh, more than anything else. But yeah, and then I think the, I think the the, mood, the remake is probably like a more actual discussion movie to a degree because it's you know I think it's apparently a lot of people don't like it, which I'm surprised by. I love I, it, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a great addition. Um, I'm kind of sad they don't they're, they're not continuing it. I think my favorite thing about the Evil Dead franchise is there's an Evil Dead musical and at the actual theaters where they play it, there's a splash zone for all the blood. I love that so much. That is that is great. <laughs> it's and it's and, it, and the thing about the musical too is it's such a fucking jamming of a musical. I feel like that's it's one of the so things. I, I remember going to your Halloween party and I think I mentioned the what the fuck was that song. Yes. And like I think you were like, oh, I know what that is. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, like I, I don't think I don't have never met anybody else who knew the Evil Dead musical. And I remember we were like, you were like, well, what, what songs do you want to play at the at the Halloween party? And I was like, what the fuck was that? And you <laughs> put that thing right on. <laughs> and I was like, Good stuff. this guy, Good stuff. this this guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've got a couple other films down the pipeline, uh, a couple suggestions we had on that front. So we did Rotten Tail, we did Animals. Uh, one of the things I put forward was the uh, Peter Jackson before Lord of the Rings Frighteners. Oh, I that's what it was. I would love to do that one. Yeah, I, I'm I game, would, okay. I would love to do that one. I, I love Michael J. Fox. Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. So I would love to revisit that one because I haven't actually seen that since high school. Dude, um, that... So we've got that. And then another high school movie that uh, we saw that I would love to do as well, and I actually might bring Brian on for this one because he's seen it several times too, is uh, Battle Royale. Oh, okay. Uh, that was a huge deal in high school, so we might go ahead and do that as well. Yeah, let's, let's definitely bring him on. We can, we can have him promote his book. Yeah, definitely. And so. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll read it by then and be able to give some, you know, I, I'll, I'll fly out to Los Angeles and, uh, you know, I'll be able to come back and give some, give some great feedback. <laughs> Get it. Oh, man, do you think if I order a book, he'll sign it? Ooh, shit. I mean, if you ship it over, definitely. Or you I mean, can ship it to me, and I can forge a signature, and I can well, send it back. I mean, I saw on his Instagram that he had a bunch of the books. So, I mean, like, if I buy one from him, and he could sign it and send it to me, maybe. then I'll have a, an, an official autographed copy. Maybe. Maybe. I, mean, I, can, I can add it to all my Brandon Sanderson books, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it can be with my Brandon Sanderson book, my expensive Predator and Alien books. Like, it's a, it'll be keeping pretty good company, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, definitely. Again, that book is It Helps with the Blues by Brian Sobolski. You can order that off Amazon and pretty much any bookstore you can think of, too. So that's that. Oh, and actually, one more shout out. Um, uh, the Swedish Horror Nerd, uh, uh, you know, great great guy on Instagram. Um, really, you know, great website for the, he's like really builds a lot of reviews. He has like an aggregate website for all these reviews and he writes his own reviews. Um, but did you see that he, um, I guess he, he was in a, so I know last year he said he mentioned that he's in a movie. Um, and I guess what he was in was like a war, a, like a, a war documentary. And it's Ooh. apparently this VR, like, uh, it's like a museum VR experience that he's in. Uh, 
which is awesome. And I, I, I think I don't, he posted about it. I don't think there's any way to view it otherwise, but if anybody, I, I, I'm like, if you guys can follow him on Instagram and maybe get some details, cause I'm really curious about it and I would love to see, you know, what, what it is and maybe kind of see if he, uh, he could talk about it at some point. Yeah. Um, he is a huge fan of the show. Great supporter. Definitely check him out. We love him. Yeah. And, and his site is great. Like I, 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 I regularly read the article. He put, uh, <laughs> he, he, he updates every, every time on his Instagram. And if you just click the link, it'll take you right there. And there, there are a lot of great articles. He has a lot of different uh, contributors and he writes a lot of articles himself. It, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, this is Brent Perner with Gearheads Talk Horror Movies. One final shout out is to our opening band, that is Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get them off the album Children of the Corn. Good, good Canadian boys. I need to message them because I'm going to Toronto next weekend. Woo. So I need to go ahead and see if they're in Toronto, where they are. I mean, Canada's pretty small, right? We can travel pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I, I think Canada's kind of Rhode Island. You know, you get one side to the other in about five <laughs> minutes on a motorcycle, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we'll check that out. Uh, but definitely check them out as well. Uh, we've got a couple movies down in the pipeline. Any final thoughts? No, just, you know, uh, watch, watch Animal, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we will give a lukewarm recommendation to Animal. <laughs> and, you know, have happy, happy delayed Alien Day. Uh, you know, and, and definitely, uh, you know, check out the, the podcast, Perfect Organism, uh, and check out the uh, interview. I believe that, that the book is called... Um, uh, becoming alien uh, and it, if anybody is like me who really likes reading like in college i read a lot of uh kind of uh movie analysis and uh, you know i was in a film program so a lot of film analysis and uh, philosophy and kind of theology crossing over and the, the book I've, i'm only like two chapters in right now it's great uh you know definitely worth definitely worth uh checking out it's i think it's like 15 bucks on amazon definitely worth a buy sounds good all right awesome well thank you so much for listening and stay groovy bye